Bergkamp. Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Bergkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Bergkamp. That's magnificent. The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland and an Arsenal podcast. I am here with Danny, and we've got a guest as well with us. Um, but we're going to be looking back at the season, which was probably one of the most positive seasons in a very, very long time. And we've got probably one of the most incredible transfer summers coming up as well. So we're going to briefly go all over the sort of last game, uh, last games of the season, you know, the last game of the season, actually, to be, to be more uh, precise, um, uh, you know, favorite play of the season, overall rating of the season, but then push on and see how, uh, how things are going to look for next season with who's going to be coming and who's going to be leaving. Um, but I will mention that this was recorded on the 20th. Um, so this is uh, kind of different to our normal stuff with a live um, but we just wanted to record this, so we've got some stuff in the background. But anyway, Danny, how are you? I am uh, fine. I might die during the show because I just had a tin of mushroom soup. The used by date was twenty twenty one. That's it. That's it. All right, cool. Fine. What a way to go. Well, you know, it is what I, you, you were a fun guy. How Sorry. rude! Apologies. Um, well, yeah. So we've got a we've got a guest with us today, um, Howard. Howard, how are you? How are you, buddy? You doing okay? Yeah, mate, I'm well. I'm struggling a little bit with this humidity. I won't lie to yeah, you. Yeah, the humidity today was ridiculous. Kind of wipes me out, but I'm happy. I'm looking forward to the season. And just to introduce myself, uh, my first Arsenal game was 1978. I was a fan before that, probably a bit young to go before that. And I've been a, re- a regular most seasons. I've had one or two seasons where, for whatever reason, I could only get to a handful of games. And I do a website called Boxing Predict. I'll just move to the side. Boxing Predict, and on social media, it's the simplest handle. It's at Boxing Predict. And basically, I predict boxing matches. You'll get a between two and six minute video of me predicting a fight. And so for us, it's a little bit quieter in the summer, but there's a huge fight coming up that's going to be the fight I've most looked forward to since starting this website two years ago. It's Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford. It's the undisputed world weight championship of the world. And it decides in, I think, 99.9% of people's minds, the best boxer in the world currently. So that's something to look forward to. There we go. There we go, guys. If you're interested in boxing, then that's the place to go, 100%. Um, okay, yeah, so let's, uh, we'll talk about the Arsenal, um, Howard. Um, so um, we'll talk, we won't talk about quick, uh, we'll talk about other things first, but I know you were at the final game of the season. It's always quite a, a special thing to do, isn't it? Especially when it's uh, the last game of the season at home. Uh, you get to see the sort of the parade around the stadium and everything like that amongst everyone. It must have been quite an atmosphere. And it's always going to be quite nice to talk about it because not everybody is able to uh, experience that particular occasion, uh, especially live. Um, but uh, let's go over the season then. Great season overall. I know that me and Danny, we did, uh, we do all the post games and everything like that. So we, uh, we live in the moment after the game is done. Um, and it's always quite emotional. But this season was really nice because it was very rare that it was going to be a bad post game. Uh, you know, 90% plus of the games were, that was nice. Well, that was fun to watch. 
which is really, really rare. But Howard, what did you make of the season overall in a nutshell, considering that if you said to people at the start of the season, top four, people would bite your hand off it. But ch- things changed and we, uh, we finished in second place. Well, if you want a nutshell, it's this phrase, so near yet so far. We almost did it. But quite frankly, you know that phrase, a league of their own, City are in a league of their own. When you yeah. saw them in the semi-final of the Champions League beat Real Madrid 4-0 and make them look yeah. basic, you just thought something. there's something different going on here. And I know they've got all the money in the world and I know there's been allegations of cheating and we'll see what happens. But a lot of it is down to Pep. Agreed. And, you know, if Pep leaves, they've got a hard job to follow, just like when Arsene left us, Alex Ferguson left Man U. Um, one thing I just want to say, not to get out the way, but there are four names I want to mention about this season. Okay. Right, that make it stand out regardless of the football on the pitch. Okay, yeah, go for it. Right, so we'll start on a sad note. Two Arsenal legends died. Just before the season, we had Terry Neal, who's a legendary manager for me, you know, winning that FA Cup in 79 in the sunshine against Man U, the Liam Brady final. It's one of the greatest FA Cup finals, and that was under his auspices. And he's very much an Arsenal man. He had the sports bar in Hoban. And he always would talk up Arsenal, always on the radio, regular media guest. And then just, you know, in the last few days after the season, John Hollins, who for me, again, now obviously he played for Chelsea for a lot, but he was Arsenal captain. He's an Arsenal man, a gentleman, a great footballer, a tenacious man, and well thought of by everyone. And um, one of my childhood idols, to be honest. Uh, and two other names, get well, just... The last sad sort of thing, but with an upbeat bit. What a mad season that we saw an Arsenal player stabbed, Pablo Marie, in a supermarket. Oh, yeah. How mad is that? Well, he was on loan at the time. But thank God he made a recovery. And the other names to throw in, Ethan Wanieri, the youngest oh. ever player, let alone Arsenal player. Again, how mad was that, that he came on in the game? And then he's, you know, been in, in the youth levels ever since. So... That's uh, that's an interesting thing. But I've got three three things I think we could have done differently to make the season different. But I, I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah. Uh, uh, what would I do? What would I do differently throughout the yeah, season? If you if you were Arteta, yep. Right, and you could rewind that season. Okay. What would you have done differently? I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, gone out and bought. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Tactical changes and personnel selections. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think first and foremost, I think everybody in mo well, maybe not everybody, but the vast majority of people would have maybe not played Saliba in that uh, that Europa League game. I know potentially a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, well, the issue could have crept up anyway, but we don't know that. That's hindsight. We don't know that. So that would probably be my first decision would be not to not to do that with regards to Saliba. Um, what else, Danny? Have you, do, can you think of one? Making the most of ESR when he came back from injury because that bloke yeah. we saw at the end of the previous season. He's got goals, he's got assists, he's got attacking everything, and he sat on the bench the entire time. And so many times, Arteta had players on the bench, he didn't use them. And it's all well and good making Saka play back to back 38 game seasons but not playing him every minute of every game. When we're 3-0 up against teams, take him off, rest him for upcoming games and do that for the rest of the players because those players were on their ass after 34 games, 33 games, and yep. they were knackered and their season was done and they couldn't cope with it all. 
And so, uh, yeah, needs to make more of his substitutions. And, uh, I mean, that's what he wants. But unless you're one of his favourites, you ain't getting on, no matter who's playing on the pitch. And even if someone's legs come off, go, no, you carry on. I'm not bringing on someone I don't trust. And he has got um, what, half a dozen first-team players he doesn't trust. But they're all going now, aren't they? I've got another one. I've got another cool. one. Um, but before I say that one, does anybody know what happened? How Tomiyasu? Does anybody remember how Tomiyasu got injured? Because I can't remember. It was running, was gonna... wasn't it? He was uh, he, he, um, running back to do a tackle, and then he overstretched himself like one leg in front of him, and then that pulled his groin. So, I think it was so or not, his calf. I would have. I would have said maybe not use him in a certain instance or whatever. But obviously, we can't predict that. But. Um, you know, having White instead of holding, I think, could have stabilised things and having Tommy Esso right back. But anyway, um, the third uh, one would be not resting Saka. I know that kind of goes against what you're saying, Danny, but you know how much I rambled on about it for fucking ages. Resting Saka for that Leeds game where he got brought on uh, with only 20 minutes left to play and then he went on like a, a five-game just piss-poor performancing like he played up to like past 52, 53 games up until that point, um, consistent football in a row. Yeah, I know everyone was talking about burnout and stuff like that, but he was playing absolutely phenomenally. The moment we rested him for that Leeds game, and I know this is obviously hindsight, but this is what this is all about. We can use it. He got rested, got brought on 20 minutes uh, for the for the final 20 minutes of the game. And then he was for five, six weeks. He was absolutely shocking. And I couldn't get out of my mind what if Arteta just started him against Leeds and he just carried on that performance? Because he just he, he's a workhorse. The guy doesn't get tired. He doesn't get injured. It's nuts. So uh, that would probably be my uh, to be my second one. Um, what, what what do you think, Howard? What uh, which ones would you choose? I hear you. I hear you. I don't disagree. Um, I just got two sort of ones that tie into what you say. Mm-hmm. The first one is I've got a mate. And he, he shares his opinion. I'd have kept Maitland-Niles, and I'll tell you why. That guy can play at right back. Now, he's not a great player, but he's solid. And I can see why he would want to leave, and I can see why Arteta wants him to go. He's not quite as busy, as sharp as some of the others. He's but gone now. His contract's right been... When, when, when Tomiyasu got injured, and when Saliba got injured at the same time, we could have put Ben White in the middle. At centre back, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah think I agree. That would have made a huge thing. I think I don't think there'd be a huge drop off with Maitland Niles. I think he'd be all right, and that yeah. might just have got us over the line. Uh, and the second thing is just the guys that we brought in in January. Uh, not Kiwiaki's one for the future for me, but Trossard and Jorginho. Can you imagine if we had them all season? Especially Trossard, imagine? especially Trossard. Yeah, I know Jorginho finished the season very well. Jorginho finished the season beautifully. He kept party out of the side. Yeah. Um, in, and party ended the game, ended the season really weakly. And that's the reason why Arsenal have basically said, uh, Saudi Arabia, if you want to sign him, he's <laughs> yours. Just come and chuck some money at us and we'll see what happens. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. And I, we said that at the end of the season, we said it'd be interesting to see if they uh, move party on because of the super inconsistencies, the injury proneness, which has never happened before he stepped up at Arsenal. I think that's just, just unlucky from him. Um, but yeah, Trossard, the guy got double digits on assists in half a season for Arsenal alone. Unbelievable player. And the guy performed probably his best football for Arsenal when he played as the striker, right? When Gabriel Jesus was out of the side. And he was just... Tailor, tailor, up. Absolutely tailor-made for the Jesus role. 
linking up the play so well. And that is the reason why I'm so invested and so excited by the potential look at Kai Havertz from Chelsea. Same, Miss, I, I, I don't can't wait. Outcry on can't, Twitter. But Havertz, if you watch him, unreal. he takes up the positions. He makes himself available. Yeah. He drops into that nine and a half that Van Persie used to go Beautiful. to. Yeah. And when he's wide, he plays really nice low crosses. Well, yeah. who's great at getting on the end of low crosses? Exactly. An Odegaard. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm super excited at the potential of, of Havertz yeah. coming to uh, to Arsenal for the money that we can get him for as well. I think it's going to be absolutely mental. You've got to remember, guys. He still is the starting striker for Germany international. All right, so you've got to bear that in mind. The guy won the Champions League for Chelsea a couple of seasons. Uh, was it last season? Yeah, last season. And obviously, last season, last season before. Um, the guy is a phenomenal big game player. And if Arteta can get a tune out of Merton Erdegaard after, you know, he was looked at as being one of the biggest wonder kids of uh, of the last decade, he's going to do the same for Habits. No stress, no problems. But how would you write if we had Jorginho and Tr- I, I still, I'm still blown away with the fact that Jorginho came out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. Nobody knew about Jorginho. It just turned up one day. Even Cucurella, I remember watching an interview with him um, on the same day and they t- and they had to release the news to him live on the camera and they recorded his reaction. He was flabbergasted. He was like, wait, wait, he's, he's gone? Completely had no clue. Cucurella, wow, what a great season he has had. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right, Howard. Trossard was, Trossard was something else this season. Something else. Didn't even cost much either, which is another no. amazing thing. Yeah. But him and um, Jorginho, neither of them really cost for much, did they? No, not at in all. the market at the moment. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really happy about that. But yeah, that's probably, yeah, well, who knows? But we don't know what was going to happen. You know, it worked out for us financially with the Trossard and Jorginho deal, especially with Jorginho as well. It was only like 10 million with potential for a couple more. And then it was a one-year contract with a potential extra so it was a very, very, uh, you know, short, uh, no no pressure, no stress about the potential of bringing other players in. You know, we're linked to to Rice, which is pretty much going to happen. We're just waiting for that to go through. Uh, well, until West Ham accept it. And uh, and Lavia from uh, from Southampton, who's, uh, who's, you know, a fantastic looking player, very traditional defensive midfielder, which is what I think Arteta is looking to use. But what do you think then, Howard? Best player of the season? Maybe we can do like best player of the season quickly, uh, yeah. and the best kind of the best player that um, really shocked you. So the best player overall, and the one that shocked you the most as well. Right. So how would go for it? Best player overall was neck and neck for me between Saka and Erdegaard. Nice. But I'm going to go with Saka, which is the opposite of what the Arsenal website, you know, the fans poll. The sure, reason sure. I'm going for Saka is although he did drop off at the end of the season, that guy played fast, powerful, inventive, creative. <laughs> team football yep. whilst getting kicked to kingdom come agreed and for that mental, mental strength and tenacity at a young age having had all the flack for the penalties you know the season before and all the rest of it with england yep. that guy is just the don and after hit the goal he scored last night obviously people are watching this recorded but last night england beat north macedonia we won seven nil saka scored a hat-trick now the middle goal was like something Leticia used to do. He was bouncing <laughs> yeah. off his knee, off his chest, like Ian Wright against Everton in front, yep. you know, at, at Highbury, that amazing goalway log Neville Southall, top draw. So for me, Saka, but we've, we've tremendous honours for Odegaard as well, 
who just battled and played some brilliant passing football. Danny? Um, I'm not yeah, going to say best because... player and then we'll do best uh, newcomer. Go on, Danny. I'm not going to pick Saka because that's, that's so obvious. Um, yeah. And like, like Howard's just said, that's uh, so I won't go down there, but I agree with him. It's magnificent. It's a toss-up for me between Ramsdale, just sheerly for the fact how much he winds the fans, the other opposition fans up, and the yeah. magnificent saves. That bloke is pulling out. He's 24. Is he 24 or 23? He's a baby when it comes to goalkeepers. Yeah, goalkeepers yeah. don't peak until they're, what, 30? He's yeah. got seven years of his arc until he reaches the top of his career. Yeah. But I'm going to go for, for Erdegaard because that bloke pulling all the strings in the middle is, is just amazing to watch. And with him and uh, also Xhaka, those two in that midfield have been the mo- two of the most important players to turn the club around this season from last season. And it was an absolute joy to see Xhaka, who um, most a lot of people hated. You and me stood by him. And yep. I, I just love the passion that Xhaka has. And that's why I'm worried about Xhaka going, because having he's been at the club so long and are we going to get someone in to replace that kind of passion and that uh, people know that if you, if you go and kick our players, Xhaka's coming for you. Which yeah. is you don't really see much of that nowadays in top no, level football. No, no, you definitely don't. You definitely don't. You love the passion and, and the the tenacity and everything like that. The guy is phenomenal. So I'll, I'll, I'll so I wasn't going to pick this particular person. I was going to pick him as the, the the one that surprised me the most. Um, but uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I I ranted about and raved about him. I don't want to go for the obvious ones. Was Saka and Odegaard and Ramsdale and everything like that. I'm going to go for Xhaka. because um, the guy. I was going to say this is the up and comer, but I've got a different one for that. But this guy was phenomenal. Arteta said at the start of the season, we need you to be playing this particular role, the left centre mid eight. We need you to be playing attacking through the channels uh, with last ditch runs into the pot, into the box. And uh, he dropped some weight, got fit, got stronger and came back a different player, different player. Unbelievable. Wenger said that uh, that Xhaka wasn't a, was not a defensive midfielder when we signed him back in 2016 even though he's pretty much exclusively deployed as such and the amount of show you know memes and videos that are sent out on show on internet and stuff like that about how poor he was at tracking back and, and making challenges and stuff like that you know the guy he, he is not he's not the quickest guy in the in, in the place but Jorginho proves that it doesn't really matter uh, but Xhaka for me was probably my favorite player of the season the guy literally took the role that we were desperately needing all these years and he took it to the next level. And, and he's gracefully, I think, stepping aside because I know that we're going to miss him, but he wants to allow Arsenal to take it to that. I feel anyway, he wants to take it to that next level. I think the guy has been phenomenal all season. I've loved him, his attitude and everything in between. The guy has been a breath of fresh air for the team. You know, everybody talks about Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko kind of rejuvenating this side as well as Erdegaard and everything like that. But I think Xhaka doing the role that he did allowed us to be able to be as creative and, and full-fronting as attacking as we have been. So I'm going to just go for different something different and I'm going to go for Granit Xhaka. And I uh, I hope he has a great time back at uh, back in Germany at Bayer Leverkusen. And uh, we'll see how he does. But um, it, we're going to get rice in. I'm, I'm very happy about that. But uh, Howard, who would you class as your your best player, the best player that kind of surprised you and really went, oh, wow, this is special? Yeah, uh, for me, it's Reese Nelson, London lad. Um, been on the fringes. He's had a lot of injury problems, had some loan yeah. spells that didn't work out. Yep, yep. Um, I always like to see the young London lads come through. Um, yep. And I worried about him because we've seen other youth players at Arsenal, probably other clubs, I don't know, 
who've got mates who are in the life, you know, Nelson knows some of the Spartans there and whatever, and you sure. worry about these guys are going to drag them away from football into stuff they shouldn't be in, yep. and everything goes to pot, and, and that's it. And, they, you know, you don't hear about them again. Nelson's clearly got tremendous focus, strength, professionalism. And you know what? Well, we took a hammering against City away. But there was Nelson deep in midfield when he came on, battling, fighting. Do you know what I mean? Uh, um, if I've got the game wrong, I do apologise. It, was it was it City or was it the Brighton game? Uh, if I got the game wrong, it's it, a it, it, Yeah, I can't remember. There, was but, a, um, there, was a few. There, there he was. It was one of those two horrible losses towards the end of the season. Nelson battling. Obviously, you know, the last minute winner, the uh, the Bournemouth winner, we'll know. But Nelson, for me, is a fantastic player. And um, he's shown that he can play wide in either position. He can play as a 10. He can play as an 8. So I want us to do everything we can to keep him. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I apparently he's going to pretty much sign a contract. There's pretty much one down on the table. We'll see what happens in in that uh, in that regard. Yeah, everyone talks about the Reese Nelson uh, uh, Bournemouth goal. Uh, was, you know, everyone's pretty much rating that as the goal of the season for Arsenal and everything like in the hearts of the fans anyway. And uh, um, they, I think they they registered. Did you send me that one, Howard? They registered the, or did I send it to you? They registered you sent it, it to me. A, but oh, I sent it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it mark it went down as a as a, as a as a on the Richter scale as a one. So it registers as a mini earthquake. So we at the Emirates created a mini earthquake celebrating the goal, uh, which won the game against Bournemouth. At home, three-two with that Reese Nelson, yeah. uh, absolute blinder. So, an earthquake and a squirrel. That's it. Oh like, yes, you top that. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, Danny, who would you say is your most surprising player of the season? I'm gonna go Eddie Nketiah for the five minutes that he was decent when Jesus first went out of that game against Man United. That's it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's it. He, he scored. He scored two goals, wasn't it? We beat them three yeah. one, was it? Yeah. After I thought that. I thought his second goal was offside, but no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. um, uh, I could pick Jacker, but that's. Uh, I think I'm going to save that one for you because you might be picking that one. But yeah. No, I've already so, picked Jacker. I've already picked Jacker for my best player overall for the season. I've not picked him for the one that's. Probably- I'm going to go Eddie because uh, I never thought he'd do a damn thing all season, and I was right for ninety five percent of it. It's just that he ruined my prediction by being decent for five minutes and. Uh, and then that's what a five minutes they were against United yeah. as well. It's, Fantastic stuff. People, uh, journalists are tweeting today that Arsenal are willing to listen to offers for Eddie. So he's done. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. I'm um, okay. I'm interested at the idea of moving Eddie on and giving Balogun a season and seeing what we can do with him oh, uh, and then make a decision. In his second game for the USA, didn't he? Yeah, so. we need to we need to give him a chance. And I, I I wouldn't mind selling Eddie and giving Balogun that chance. I want to uh, say myself, see Howard and, has, myself and Deke were. So it was uh, July 2019. We went to see Barnet play an Arsenal select team. Oh, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, and a youth team. It was kind of who was around and who was fit in that stage of pre-season. Yeah. Um, Steve Bulb was there. And it was at Barnet's ground. It was a boiling hot night. It was great. Big Stab was there. We had a few beers. And one player completely stood out on that game. He was scoring for fun. It was Balogun. And yes. it wasn't just that. that when he had the ball, he was steely. And to the point, it wasn't just that he had a strength and speed above the other kids. It was the fact that his off-the-ball running was first-team quality. And I said, yeah. whoa, look at this guy. Yeah, he was the one who stood out all night. I completely forgot about that night, uh, that, that night, Howard. That was, that was a really nice evening, uh, watching, uh, watching the Arsenal. And Balogun, yeah, he, he stood out. It was like a sore thumb style. He was unbelievable. 
He's had a fantastic season in France. He's selected USA as his nation, which I think is a very, very smart move for him. Really he walks tough. into the first team. He's going to be, he's going to make absolute millions on endorsement deals and sponsorship deals and everything in between in America. He's going to be their number nine and, and you know, and flagship Nigeria. striker. I bet you makes a few quid in Nigeria and all. Oh, he's unbelievable. Un- such a smart move. Such a smart move. It must That's be difficult smart. not representing the club that you, or the country, sorry, that you were born in, but. If you can make a smart decision by that, uh, you know, and, and play for USA and have, uh, you know, we were born in USA, wasn't he? He was yeah. born, born in the USA. USA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, born in the USA, they made a song about it for God's sake. So why not? Um, so yeah, it'd be good for Arsenal to keep him from. I mean, yeah. how many people are going to start supporting Arsenal because of Eddie and Ketty's at the club? He's, I completely Five, agree six. with you. And with Balogun being at a club, you've got and being the best um, goal-scoring uh, sensation America have had since uh, Clint Dempsey or something like that. Well, and Donovan, yeah, loads sure. of goals yeah. and uh, loads of Americans who might just be getting into football now that it's going to be they're having the World Cup over there. They're going to go, oh, our number one striker. Who does he play for? Arsenal. Oh, well, I'm going to oh, yeah. buy the kits where we do so much to poor Matt Turner. <laughs> yeah. They do so much in the American tours. We keep going back. We've got American owners and we've got the number one striker. And oddly, three and a half play Arsenal players played in that American game. Turner in goal. Trusty came on as a sub. Balogun started. And uh, Munza, ex-Arsenal player, started the game as well. Three and a half Arsenal players playing for the USA. Yeehaw. I love it. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm really excited by that. So my surprising player of the season which is someone that no one's mentioned thus far, which I'm a little bit surprised about, to be honest with you. And that's Benny Blanco. I think, I think he was one of the best right backs in the league. You know, obviously toss up between Trippier. Uh, I'm trying to think who else, who else was decent in the league for right back. I don't, can't really think of anyone else. Trent Arnold Trippier. at times. Yeah, but not, he, he, not he, as a right back. No, he plays as an inverted wing back um, and plays through mm. the center. He was, he was, mm. he finished the season strongly there. But he got it. Took a while for him to get going. So I, Ben White for me, Benny Blanco um, was the surprising player of the season. We got the we had issues at right back. Benny Benny Blanco stepped up and did it beautifully. I know he's done it before a bit for Brighton and Leeds, but not to this extent where he played for an entire season at right back in a in a team that was challenging for the title for ninety three percent of it. Um, unbelievable. The guy wasn't only doing the defensive work beautifully and doing really well in that in that regard, because it's always quite nice to have a centre-back who can play the right-back role because he's got the defensive qualities to be able to be switched on. But he also had the attacking quality. His assist this season, him linking up with Saka, was something that was... There like, were so many the... times when I'd send a message to Steve yeah. during a game where it was like, what's this interplay between White and Saka and Odegaard? What's that little connection they, they, on the same wavelength. They gelled so quickly and so consistently. It was like White was been playing right back for years. It was fantastic to watch. So that's going to be my surprising player of the season, Ben White. The guy was fantastic. And uh, if he didn't have issues with Southgate, like I do, can't stand the bloke, he'd probably mm. be starting for uh, for England uh, uh, a lot more than uh, than Trippier. If, my honest opinion. I think Trippy is a great player, and he's got the he's got the Deadpool situation available to him. But White's got this attacking fluidity about him, which it would just rejuvenise the the right back position. But you know, Southgate likes traditional, very very traditional players, and that's the reason why he's going to keep Trippy and Pickford and Maguire, 
well, and so on so far anyway. But uh, yeah, that's going to be Benny Blanco for me, 100%. So, uh, best game of the season. Let's just quickly jump in. Best game of the season, Howard. Best game of the season. Well, favourite game of the season. The Villa game where we just went crazy and had the pitch to ourselves and scored all those goals. It was just exciting, expressive football. Uh, it was just a joy to watch. So that Villa game. Danny? It's going to be both games against Spurs. Uh, that's that's all I want from a season. Beating Spurs 3-1 at home was magnificent. And then going to their place when they've been all chirpy about it. And what did we beat them there? Was it was it 2-0? Yep. Yeah. So um, those those two games, just for the fact that it, it's just playing the scum and beating them. But then you look at some of the other games that, that I really like. Enjoyed the, the Wolves' last game of the season, just everyone playing. It just showed what happens to our players when they play and there's no pressure. They go out there and they entertain and play great football. I mean, the Chelsea wins were were great as well. Uh, but yeah, it's going to have to be the um, the two games against Spurs. I would either go for the Liverpool game at home where we beat them three two, where it it was like something's happening here. What's going on? Something's yeah. happening. Like we we've just beaten Liverpool and we didn't realize that they were poor this going to be poor this season at that point we still thought oh this is Liverpool this is Liverpool the guy the team that's been challenging city for the title for the last two or three years so that that game would stand out for me but also the first game of the season i know nobody mentions this the crystal palace game but that game it was like something was different something was different we don't normally win the opening game of the season it's not something that arsenal do we don't win the opening game of the season zinchenko getting an assist in his opening game of the season. And Saliba, wasn't, didn't he score in the first game of the season? Was it Saliba? I can't even remember. Hold on. It was um, Martinelli and an own goal from their lot. Oh, okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, Saliba scored a few games later, but it was just like something's different here. Something's completely different. We've, we've unlocked a new level and we comfortably win the game and we just looks like we're, we're about to start something. I mean, I had no clue we were going to go on with the season that we had, but something just tasted different in the air. I don't know what it was. It was just a, it was a beautiful win with a game where Zinchenko first game in the season gets a beautiful assist for Martinelli. I remember it was like a, it was a looping head. It was like a, it was a, it was a training pitch corner where they played to Zinchenko in the back of the box far wide. And he just basically just dinked the ball back in and Martinelli was there. It was like, Okay, that's been done on the training pitch. Something was different. Something clicked straight off the bat. And then the Liverpool game, as I said, it, where it just it felt like the momentum was starting to really build. Uh, for me, that's probably my uh, my favourite game, favourite games of the season. Um, so overall then, Howard, what would you rate the season considering I said at the start, you know, I think Arsenal fans would chew your arm off. You were given top four football back in the Champions League for the first time in, you know, since 2016. What would you rate as the overall season out of 10? Nine. Nice. Nice it was. And a 10 would be winning the league? 10 would be winning the league, uh, winning the trophy. Nine. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Danny, what would you rate the season? Uh, I would have a big red nine, and then I'd have it crossed out, and then an eight put next to it with a little asterisk saying could do better, because uh, it should have been a nine. But towards the end of the season, they, they they fell apart and it became an eight. But I don't even yeah. You, just makes mm. you think for next season, uh, we will th- next season is going to be better than this season, and that that's yeah. that is unbelievable to think about. That it's just you want the season to start now. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I I'm, I'm I'm just excited about the transfer window. 
I can't. Why this transfer window is getting me so excited? I'm constantly re- uh, refreshing for Ritz yeah, and Romano's I'm, I'm tweets. Like that. Some, constantly. Some summers, do you find some summers you're kind of not that interested at first? You're yeah. Like, mm, this summer yeah. I'm hyped up. I, also, I, I took the liberty. Yeah, we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about it. I'm, I'm going to quickly. I'm going to quickly just mention my uh, my rating and the reason Sorry. why. That's all right. It's all right. How it's all right. Uh, I'm going to say an 8.5. I know you, Danny said eight and you said nine. I'm going to do 8.5 if Saliba was fit and finished the season. I don't care about us not winning the league, but I just think just once again, Arteta, he's, he's, he's a fantastic manager, an incredible t- uh, tactician, but his personnel selection can can leave me wondering sometimes. And I feel like using Saliba in the situation that we did was, I, I think it was, well, it was obviously detrimental in the end, but I, th- I think there could have been some changes there, that's for sure. And it's great that we're going in for players like Timber and stuff like that. We'll see what happens. But so, Howard, we'll talk about uh, the players that are leaving and the players that we're looking at and bringing in because, as I said, this is probably one of the most exciting transfer windows. And Arteta has said that he wants to make sure, or try to anyway, bring everybody in before July 16th, which is the USA Tour. He wants them done as soon as possible, but latest July 16th, so they can go to America with them, everybody, and be, you know, intermix and, and, and get really, get that gelling going on, you know, get the camaraderie. So, Howard, uh, players leaving. Um, leaving. Who have we, yeah, leaving. let's talk this about is, that first. Let's see this. Who I think yeah. uh, has the potential to leave. Yeah. You never okay. know what will happen. Of course, right? of course. Pablo Marie, I think he has technically left. He's technically left. He kept the team. I don't know who he went to. I know he went to, uh, to Syria, but he kept the team up. It was the stipulation was if they don't get relegated, they he signs and they've stayed yeah. up. Six so right. so that's this. a contractual thing. That's a contractual yeah, so thing. Cedric Suarez. I don't think we'll see him play for Arsenal again. Will I we get any money for him though? I, I no. don't know. It, you know, I, think, I so. think increasingly in football, you're going to see a lot of contracts terminated. Yes, to save money on wages. I think this is just the way it's going to go with the high I wages. Agree. And I, I think Suarez, I don't see a way back for him. I don't think he's at the level we're at. Next, we know Maitland-Niles is leaving. I think it's he's a gone. shame. We'd love to have seen him stay. Great guy to have on the bench, but he wants to start regularly and I can understand that. So good His luck contract's been torn up. He's gone. He's completely he's gone. gone. Next he's gone. is, I think Tierney goes. I think he'll feel he wants to start somewhere. He's good enough to start somewhere. He's not an inverted left back. He's got injury issues. I'd let him go. Like, yes. really like the guy, but we've got to yep. look after Arsenal first. And he goes Agreed. with full respect. Yeah, I agree. Next Tavares. I don't think we'll ever see that guy again. I don't think he's good enough. He's got yep. attributes. He's fast. He's powerful. He's strong. He, he's an he's a nutter when he gets in the final bit, third of so, the pitch, and he's a nutter in our third of the pitch. And I, I don't actually want to see him play. He's got the Arsenal chaos factor. Pitch. It was like bringing on Yaya Sanogo. You don't know what he's going to do. But neither does Yaya Sonogo. He doesn't know what he's going to do either. He's kind of chaos, chaos. Oh, um, the Segan so, thing. I, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan and Arsenal. So, so, so speaking of Tierney then quickly, um, I, I'm on the same page. Danny knows that I'm on the same page as well with the Tierney situation. You know, I think it's probably best that we let we part ways with him or we'll make some money off him. He's probably going to maybe go to somewhere like Newcastle to see how much they stump up because they... They're quite frugal with their money, even though they're the richest club in the world. They're building quite slowly and not just blowing up like what City did at the very beginning, where it took them a while to kind of settle the ship. A couple of seasons, anyway. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But Tavares, now, 
if we get rid of Tavares as well, then we've got no backup option for left back. I know that we can obviously pull from youth. Yeah. But I've I'm got, intrigued. Yeah, I'm going to come to that. I've I'm intrigued. Who's going? And then I've got. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm intrigued by the prospect of maybe if if there's no suitor, suitors for Tavares, we look at the maybe, we'll see how he is for pre season and then make a decision after that. No. Because I like his. No, I, I know what you're saying. I know, I know what you're saying. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I would love to invest elsewhere in the team if we can buy ourselves a a decent, cheap left back. Then, then great. But I'd rather invest elsewhere first and foremost before we make a decision about bringing in a in a backup left back because he's going to need to do. He's going to need to be able to do the Zinchenko role. That's pro- maybe not better than him, but he's going to need to be able to do the Zinchenko role. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, Howard, carry on. Yeah. No. Um... Then, while we're with defence, I think it's time to say thank you very much. Full respect, but Rob Holding. Holdini. uh, As great as you are in the dressing room, you seem to be some kind of liaison between management and players. Yeah. Respected, guide people. He is not good enough for the standards we're setting ourselves. And I think it's time for him to go. I don't know where he goes. I don't even think he is a premiership starter. I see that guy even in the championship, Scotland, Portugal. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Next, I don't, I don't want to see Laconga come back. I'm quite forthright with my opinions here. I don't think he's the quality of an Arsenal player. He's got some nice no. passes on him. I don't Burnley. see it. Um, I think Patino's leaving. I think that's pretty yep. much on the cards. He wants yep. regular football, great potential, yep. buyback clause. That's the right idea. Lukonga, uh, Howard, just quickly, yeah. uh, Lukonga, but he's, it's, I'd be very, very shocked if he doesn't go to uh, Vincent Company's uh, Burnley. Burnley. Uh, Vincent Company knows him, Belgian. Uh, you know, they, they were together in the international um, and was it, was it international? I know they were Anderlecht. I know they were together at Anderlecht. He was the captain. There, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they've already got uh, they've already got some knowledge on him. So I'd be very, very shocked if Lokonga doesn't make his move over to Burn- newly promoted Burnley. We'll see what happens. But I'd yeah. be interested to see. And two names that we've already discussed. So I'll let you guys say, but as much as I'd like to see Xhaka stay, he's doing the role that he always did for Switzerland, where he's the more creative player. It looks like he wants to go. You hear the family want to be elsewhere. And yep. Balogun, who we've, we've talked about, I'd like to see him yep. stay, yep. but you hear he wants to be the main man. And if he does, let's just get as much money as we can for him. I completely agree. I would love to give Balogun a season, but if we're bringing in someone like Kai Hevitz, who I'm, as I said, already really buzzed about, the idea of using someone like Balogun as opposed to someone like Kai Hevitz, we already kind of see where Arteta's thought is going with the kind of players that he wants to utilise in that particular position. He obviously doesn't want to... He obviously... I know that everybody says that uh, that Pep Guardiola in pretty much created the false nine strikerless formation, which which has dominated English football for the last five years. But Arteta was very much there, and it's shown now over the last, definitely this year anyway, that Arteta wasn't just a guy that put out cones. I know that was a very common meme saying on Twitter uh, this season, that Arteta wasn't a guy that just put out the cones every morning. He was something a little bit more important than that. And we're seeing that now more and more every single month this season. It was incredible to watch the development of Arteta. There was very little moments where I moaned about any real decisions he made, Mm -hmm. apart from maybe substitutions. But that's all in hindsight. You can't really blame him at that particular moment. Sometimes you think, oh, well, that's a decision that he made and whatever it is, what it is. But 
I would uh, I would say that Balogun is not going to have the biggest of chances because he wants to play with strikerless players. He wants to utilize the Martinelli Saka wide positions as kind of like inverted forwards and interlink that way and dropping deep. I'm I'm very excited with where he wants to go with this. But uh, yeah, I I would say the same, Howard. Um, you know, if we can try and get the most we can for Balogun, I think we do it. Danny, what do you think about any of those? What players I'd want to get rid of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What players uh, would you get rid of? Uh, any new names to that list? Or First one party. Mm. You, you're not having a player at the peak of his career um, just falling apart injury-wise, morale-wise. Plus, we've got that thing going on that we're not allowed to talk about. Inconsistencies and, as well. I'm the, he was super inconsistent. Nothing to do with injuries. He finished the season yeah. fit, but Rubbish. not but crap. Yeah. Real crap. It looked like he had other things to worry about. And if these... Uh, <laughs> If the, um, the Middle Eastern teams are throwing money at players that are kind of the the uh, the, the end part of their career, yep. then then he can go because I mean he only he only cost us what was it fifty forty five fifty million something like that. Yep. I can hopefully get that back again because he's our second highest earner on two hundred grand a week before yep. all the new contracts. Give that to Rice. Give that yep. to Rice. That's yep. a straight yep. swap right there get rid of him i want eddie to go because eddie's never gonna make yeah that's who that's who that's who i was gonna say eddie eddie kind of reminds me of uh it was yeah eddie reminds me of rob holding up front it's not that they play this but we're above that level now i I liked eddie and ketty i thought he was a decent player and he he finished not last season but the season before he finished the season so well and and we tripped up at the final moment but He's uh, he needed to grasp the opportunities this season with Gabriel Jesus coming in. He needed to grasp every opportunity that came to him, especially wearing the number fourteen shirt, getting the contract that he wanted. I think he's squandered his opportunities, and now that Arteta is going down a different route with how he wants his striker to play, and that is with Kai Havertz. So, I would be interested to see how much money we could get for someone like Eddie and Ketia. He's English. Um, He's he's still not uh, he's still not uh, featured for anyone at the highest international level, has he? No. I'd he's the top to scorer for England's under twenty ones, but yeah, I don't know how I feel. I've always say I've always said I don't know how I feel about that 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 sort of award. It means that you've stayed around too long in the under twenty ones, especially when you look at games featured, not just goals scored. It means that he's he's not been able to make the step up. And we've always said that about Eddie Nketiah, a number of players where it's like Mitrovic stepped up this season, but Mitrovic for me was always the player was like, he's too good for the championship, but he's not quite good enough for the Premier League. But obviously he changed that this season, apart from obviously finishing the season with getting himself a red card in the most most ridiculous of manners. But that's the attitude he is. It's, you know, he's like a Diego Costa uh, type player. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I would be interested to see what, where Eddie goes, if Eddie gets any suitors and see what happens there. And I want Vieira to go out on loan somewhere. Oh, yeah, uh, Fabio Vieira. That's a great shout. We aren't the club where he is going to sort out his career, bulk no. up, learn how to play in, no. a, in a league where you're not at one of the top two teams and everyone else is um, League One level of quality. And, yeah, uh, he, sure. We ain't got time. Maybe wait until January transfer window, give him some uh, League Cup games, FA Cup games, early Champions League games. But he is not Premier League ready. At I don't even think that's enough for him. I think he needs a full, and I think he needs another full season. He only had one season at Porto. I think he needs a full season of football. I'd love for him to go to somewhere like Burnley, something like that. That would be a great loan um, for me. Um, 
you know, playing some great football companies, playing some brilliant football at Burnley. I'd, I'd be very interested to see something like that. So I completely forgot about Fabio, Fabio Vieira. It's interesting as well. Arteta really lost faith with him in the final the final months of the season. There was moments where he called upon him and he did step up and he did some great things. That goal he scored in September against Brentford. I was like, oh, what a goal. That's beautiful. And there was glimpses and moments where he showed off what he could do with some fantastic football. I was calling him the Portuguese Meza Ozil. The, the vision that he has was just phenomenal with some of the balls he was trying to trying to trying to play off, but didn't end up working out for him in the end. And he finished the season really weakly with an injury, and he's trying to get back now to be able to play for the Portuguese under twenty ones. But um, have we got any other players that we can think that might be leaving the club apart from Party and and everyone and, and everyone else? I can't think of anyone else. No, just uh, just Laconga and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other lad that you've already mentioned, uh, Tavares. Oh, they are. Uh, Oh, There's yeah. three players there that have done brilliant in their own leagues, but when they come here, they they yep. just really haven't done we're not, it. Yeah, we're not a club now. Uh, we, we've stepped up. We're not a club where, you know, young players, and I think that's going to be a, a thing now because we've been able to allow the youth doors towards the first team to be open for the last however long. I think we've stepped up from that now. You really need to show something really special, like that sack a level of special to be able to step anywhere near the first team now. We're going to need something really special. Um, so let's talk about who we think might be joining the club then. Um, I've got a few names. Go for it, Howard. Hit us with the names and we'll discuss yeah, each one. I'm not going to I'm not going to go into any depth on them because okay. what we know is from seeing many transfer windows in the social media era. We do something. Era before, you never really know who's talking to who, how serious anything no, is. sure. You know, some of them are accurate and some of them are just journalists trying to fill space and some misinformation disinformation you know no, sure 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 you know agents bumping up the the price of their right, yeah and sometimes it is a deal that is going through sure. and so there's a hiccup what i think is most fans agree we need two central midfielders uh yes. particularly if if shaka and uh, uh and then party league so declan rice is the front runner it's going to yep. be a tough summer of negotiation with west ham we've had two bids rejected I think we'll get it over the line. Um, I would also look at two other names. We've mentioned Lavia from Southampton, definitely. I'd look yep. at Anana from uh, Everton. Everton, yeah. So that's my midfielder. That's going to be an expensive one, though. That would be will, an expensive one. Yeah. I think, that's like a, I think that's like a Caicedo level of expensive. Uh, might I don't well. think it's that much. I think I think we could pick him up for around 50. Um, really? Yeah, I do. I don't yeah. know. I think Everton will be stubborn. They don't, they don't need to sell. So... I don't know. I don't know. What's what? Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. If, all right, I'll go through the positions, and then you can, you know, I'll just whiz through these names because we don't really know. We yep. know that we need cover for Ben White because Timmy Asu's injured a lot. Yep. So yep. we've yeah. made a bit of thirty million today for Timber. Yes. Uh, so that look, we're in for Timber clearly. Castagna yep. uh, has also been mentioned, yes. and there's a guy who plays for Lazio, a Spanish guy called Gabaron. Have a look at him. Looks the park can also play in midfield. Uh, left back, um, if Tierney goes, we don't know, but if he goes, there's a guy called Kostic who plays for Juventus again, a fullback that can play in midfield. I'd like to have a look at him. And then at centre back, um, we need more depth at centre back. We need a centre back. Uh, Kevin Danso there at Lons, uh, I'd, I'd look at him. Up front, it looks like Havertz is the guy we're in for. So that, those are my thoughts. Um, so we'll go back. So we'll go to right back then. Timbers. Uh, can play centre-back, defensive midfielder and right-back. 
for Ajax. He looks like a very promising uh, young Captain player. Captain as well, isn't he? Captain as well. Unbelievable player. Um, I tweeted out a couple of days ago. Was it yesterday, maybe? But I, it feels like Arteta... I love, and, and as do you, Danny, football manager. It feels like Arteta's playing football manager in real life right now, mm. where he's signing Declan Rice, who's always linked to Arsenal on football manager always the first recommended by the scouts when you first join the Arsenal. He's literally the first guy on the spreadsheet. Like you open it up and it's like Declan Rice. You're like, can I just go to the team first and pick my tactics first, please? Declan Rice. It's like, all right, calm down. Um, Lavia is a wonder kid uh, playing for Southampton. They've been relegated so we can maybe get them on a cheap. However, there is a clause in his contract until 2024 that he can get bought back by City for like 40 million. So that makes things very, very, very interesting. So we'll see what happens there. But um, but Timber is another very promising wonder kid um, on Football Manager. It's just another young, promising player. But yeah, right back. So Timber, I'm I'm intrigued by that. We'll see what happens. It's a guy that can offer cover at right at right centre back as well as at right back. So it kind of doesn't put any pressure on allowing of having need to first team football because he's got two opportunities to get himself into the team there. And he'll get game time this season, especially with Champions League coming up this uh, this season, which I can't wait to see Champions League back at the Emirates. Um, but uh, but Lavier, he's a traditional defensive midfielder. We'll see what happens there. Declan Rice, we've been speaking about it for for a while now. The guy is destined to come. The City are, are interested. They're, they're snooping around. But but Declan Rice, he's, you know, he's just had a kid. He wants to stay in London. And he loves the project at Arsenal. He loves the Arsenal boys at the England training ground. You know, he's best friends with Saka. He has a little good giggle with Ramsdale as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, Danny, any uh, any names jump out for you? I don't take enough notice of other teams. Um, I'm, I've been a Miami Dolphins fan for about 35 years. Couldn't name a single player. I could only <laughs> name two ever: Mourinho and Robbie and Rob, Robbie Williams. Because I had his shirt, and that's it. So when I look at other teams, I just watch it to be entertained. So I do, I do the opposite. I tell you, players I don't want. I don't want um, Vlahovic from Juventus. I don't no. want Mason Mount. I don't want um, uh, Madison. Mason Mount's going United. Ma- I don't want Madison. I don't. I don't want Telemans. Was Madison and Barnes? They they uh, they had a bid from Spurs for like fifty million for the both of them. That was an yeah. interesting deal. I've never seen anything like that. Well, just here's some money for two of them. <laughs> Uh, I don't want um, uh, Castagna, whatever his name is. The, the yeah, Castagna's right being back. linked. Yeah, Castagna's yeah, being linked as well. Um, but he might probably go to Juventus now that we're going for Timber. So he's probably going to go to Juve, maybe. Not a bad move. Not um, a bad Juventus move. Juventus have just signed Adrius Milik from Liverpool for uh, Marseille for I think six million. That just shows the the gap in the difference between the Premier League, where they're bunging hundred million pound on players. Yeah, well, you may have had so their own issues this season, <laughs> and you if they are building too strongly for their their run in the Europa Conference League or whichever one they're going to in the Toto Cup or whatever they're going to be allowed to be in. Beautiful stuff. Too. And then, uh, so there's, there's there's players that I don't want, and I'm not overly keen on this young man from from Ajax. Never seen him play. We've had this before where we've we've been and bought the. Um, the Vieira, who was the uh, was really good at, at Porto, and then Laconga, who was the captain of Feyenoord. Uh, all these young players that were captains, I want players who are going to going to come in and do stuff, not wait a year to see whether they're going to do it or not. I think Arteta's had too many of those at the club already, and we don't want to end up in a situation where Wenger was, where he's bought all these really promising young players, 
And then after a while, we realised we can't get rid of any of them and let's wait for their contracts to expire. I want players that are going to go and start in the first team and push. I mean, if this boat does come from Ajax, is he going to be fighting uh, Ben White for right back right away? I don't think I don't think he would be. No, I don't think he will be either. But uh, Saliba came into the uh, came into the team quite young. I know we signed him for a few years before he actually got mm, his first great. team appearance for Arsenal. Now he signed a new contract. We're very excited about that. Um, we're hoping this Matt Turner either. No, I'm, I'm not. not I'm not keen. I'm not keen on Matt Turner either. Um, the guy Lekonga can't play had, with his feet. Can't play with his Lekonga. feet. A Conquo, the elder, had a good loan at Red Bull in Austria. He, he went there, went straight in goal, and did did really well. So I'd like to see him be the backup goalkeeper. He's he's a Halen boy, and he's an absolute monster of a player. He's about six foot four, six foot five, and still growing. And his brother's at the club as well as a, as a youth player. I think his brother's a goalkeeper too. Well. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not off for that idea. You know, the idea of Matt Turner being at the club just smells like we've just signed. T-shirt. You know, USA's international starting goalkeeper. That's all that smells of. And trust um, another one that's never going to work out. Yeah, I agree. I completely yeah, agree. Twenty-six. If we're if we're talking about it, I just I jotted down just a handful of youth names. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to talk about habits very quickly. I was just going to, I was going to talk about habits. If you had any other players, so before you mention the youth players, which is, which is going to be uh, a whole thing on its own. So habits, I'm really excited about the signing of Kai Habits. I know I've mentioned this many times, and I've tweeted out numerous times as well. But as you said, Howard, not a lot of people are excited about the idea of signing Kai Habits. The guy has been uh, one of the most sought after players when he was at Bayer Leverkusen. Um, before Chelsea made the deal for him. We've seen players who are phenomenal players who have played for clubs and, you know, and, and performed badly, made a move and performed really, really well, depending on if you can get a tune out of them. For me personally, Heibitz for was always my favourite wonder kid on Football Manager for like for like six, seven, eight years. The guy was absolutely phenomenal. I always used to go for the guy. The guy's got everything. He's tall, he's strong. But he's also very quick and got and his defensive work off the ball is fantastic, absolutely brilliant. He hasn't got the greatest record at Chelsea. He hasn't got many assists or goals. Nobody or has like recently. But that's exactly my point. Nobody's done well for Chelsea last season, and he's, so his numbers are going to take a little bit of a hit. But if anybody can get a tune out of Kai Havertz, it's going to be you know Mikel Arteta. If Mikel Arteta wants Havertz playing in his side. I don't care what needs to be done. Just bring the player to the club. The guy, I think Arteta's well within his rights now to basically say, listen, I'm taking Arsenal into a direction that's going to be a little unorthodox. And we've seen Man City do the same similar thing and they're cut, you know, they're both cut from the same cloth. And if, if we can play anything like City, and I'm not saying that City, we're going to play like City or we should copy City, but if we can mimic anything that what they've done over the last five, six years and be competitive on every level for as long as they have, then I'm all for it. I think Arteta was, 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 uh, you know, he's, he's basically stamping his mark on the, uh, on the Arsenal team with regards to Kai Havis. He's very much putting the team in a direction where he's going, right, this is the kind of player I want. This is the direction I want to go. The idea of Kai Havis dropping deep and, and Martinelli and Saka running in off him with his, with his ability to carry the ball, hold the ball and play the ball through to them all. I think it's going to be a very interesting, uh, a very interesting season altogether. When was the last time we had someone six foot four up front who could do stuff? Giroud, GQ Giroud, baby, my favorite, my favorite. French absolute, 
love Giroud. But this is like a this is like a Giroud made love with. I th- I think he could potentially become uh, an assist king if he if Arteta wants him like I think he does. He's going to turn him into an assist king. Um, so like a, an Özil made love to GK Giroud, GQ Giroud, and we'll see what happens. See what happens. That'd be a very interesting child. Beautiful facial figures, but the biggest eyes in the world. Um, but uh, but yeah. So Howard, youth players. Who are we looking yeah. at? Who do you I, think I'm can make the step from up? The angle that I'm not Charles Watts. I'm not watching every youth game and taking notes. I just got a few yeah, names yeah. just to bear in mind. Right, and George Bird's the other guy. Respect to those guys for what they do. Right, Ethan Nwanyeri, youngest ever player, youngest ever Arsenal player. Looked to me to be physically impressive for his age. Good off the ball movement. We, we haven't seen much of him, but you hear that every other club's trying to get him. So keep an eye on him. Who knows what's going on there? Um, we've seen Rule Walters on the bench. He's yep. a right back who can play the ball out into midfield from if he can play in midfield as well. See what happens there. Looks like a lone move. Um, yep. Also, warming up uh, Bandera. And that guy is built like a tank. Um, whatever happens to him, he looks ready to play from a physical aspect. Let's keep an eye on him. Maybe a lone mm-hmm. move. And then mm-hmm. we've got. We had the strange business of Omari Hutchison leaving. He went to Chelsea. He's this, this kid who's fantastic technique and, and, and audacity on the pitch. Wasn't happy with something at Arsenal. Went to Chelsea. He hasn't really featured there. Nope. Chelsea's a, a case in itself. But we've got another guy like that who ha- seems to be happy at Arsenal. Charles Sago Jr. And check him out. The guy's got all the skill in the world. Whether he'll be strong enough, I don't know. It might be like Vieira. He's a bit too skinny. But check out his technique. Again, maybe there's a lone move coming up for him. Uh, a very exciting sort of midfielder come winger in Sago Jr. Good. Danny, you've got anyone that you can think of? I've got the youth team, so I, I, I recognise a few players I'm going to talk about. But um, can you think of anyone that maybe... There's the ones that uh, have been on the bench all season. That's something that it irked me a little it. bit. That these uh-huh. young players, the last game of the season against Wolves, Arteta yep. didn't give them a run out and say, look, you've been on the bench 10, 12 times this season. Um, is is your reward for it? Like he did with Manuari, let him play to, to keep him happy so that he stays at the club. Yep. But I'm just on Conquo, Arthur's think he is going to be a, a wonderful goalkeeper. I'm looking forward to seeing him play because he, he played. I think he played a couple of games in the tour last pre-season and didn't really look very good. Yeah, but there he also missed virtually an entire season. I asked George Bird about this and I said why, and he said it was personal issues why he missed an entire season three year three seasons ago. Um, so I think he's still catching up, but he's uh, he's going to be a hell of a player, hopefully, and he'll he'll be with us. But we've uh, we've let quite a few players go. There was one that I always liked who was never really going to make it. It was uh, twenty three, twenty four. There we go. And uh, Nicola Moller, he's he's been off to Scandinavia and, and had a couple of loans there. I think it was in the Dutch second division. He hasn't done it. George Lewis, the uh, visit Rwanda player, he. Um, he, he never got to play a game and, and knew that was never going to work out. Completely pointless. Matt Smith, FA Cup winner's medal. He's yep. been let go. Tom Good Smith, the goalkeeper, spent most of his time on loan at conference or conference south teams. Just been just been rubbish. Um, well, better than goalkeeper than I am. I'm looking. I'm looking at a picture of him. He tough paper round man. He's, tough he's paper quite skinny. A tough paper round. Jesus. Yeah. And like Zach Orr is gone, and Joel Adeo has gone. And then a few others have gone whose names don't really mean anything to me. But yeah, it's just always sad when you see young players going. 
but it just shows that then we're not allowing them to, to hang around. I think it's going to be harder than ever. I've already, I mentioned it already numerous times this pod, but I think it's going to be harder than ever for a, for a young player to step up like what Saka has done to, mm. to, to name the main one. Um, you know, we've got players like Rue Waters. I know he featured on the bench numerous times and there was rumours that he might be the guy. He might get a starting spot in the team at some point, but uh, it, it didn't come to fruition. Um, uh, another player, uh, Kozia Dubri. Um, you know, yeah. there's, uh, there's, lots of, there's lots of hype about him um, and, and everything around him. He looks like a very promising young player. He's got very techni- good technical ability. Um, be interesting to see what he does. Maybe a big loan move might be something that he needs to just grow as a player. And one of those players that has done that is, uh, is Brooke Norton Cuffey, who was on loan at Coventry and featured in the playoff final, which must have been really difficult for him as they did not progress and Luton Town is in the Premier League. Uh, sorry about that blame, who's, uh, who's the Watford fan who jumps into the chat every now and again. He cannot stand Luton. But there we are. But yeah, Norton Cuffey, that would be that'd be interesting to see what happens to him. I don't see him... I think he's, he, he had a decent enough season. His numbers, looked, his numbers looked all right. He had a few little moments. There is a highlight moment of that particular game where he got hacked down by about two or three Luton players and he managed to stand strong and... and and progress with the ball really well. But I don't see it being enough for him to make the step up to be anywhere near the team. Uh, Charlie Patino, we've already mentioned, it probably it looks like he's uh, he's going to be moving on. The guy was was the hype figure of the youth team for like two or three seasons. And it looks like he's going to be moving on. He had a fairly decent season at Blackpool. Uh, uh, Marcelo Flores, uh, another player. I don't think he's going to make the step up. Mika Birith as well. Really, te- a very tall, strong striker. Uh, I really liked uh, Mika Birith. I'm pretty sure we signed him from Fulham. I can remember yes, correctly. Yes, he's very good. Very good. I liked. I like him a lot. He's the kind of player that I like. The guy, the guy that can hold up the play at the top of the pitch. So I'm excited by once again uh, Kai coming into the side. But yeah, apart from that, there's no one else that really, really leaps out at me. One and, name. Yeah, go on. My name, Dee, uh, a guy that's missed pretty much the whole season was Edwards, the striker. Yeah, I was looking at Edwards. Looking at injury, serious injury. We don't know when he's back. But let's see what happens with him this season. You kind of feel he'll have half a season at the club, half a season loan, and then they'll kind of sit down and work out what they're going to do with him next summer. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We've got Rekic as well, Omar Rekic. There's a few names here. Miguel Aziz, you know, these names have been Tyree John Jules, Jesus Christ, that name has been mentioned. Yeah, you've got the brothers as well, the two yeah. um, Mahan brothers. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're very they're highly around, rated on FM. around things, but, yep. you know, we just don't know if they can make that jump. It's quite yeah, I, I, it's first. such. It's not even a jump anymore. It's like a, you need a pole vault. You need a pole vault now to be able to jump into the first team before it was kind of like a hop, skip and a jump. But now you need yourself one of those really long bendy sticks to kind of throw yourself over because that's how high the level is now. I love an analogy. But yeah, that's the, the level is very, very high now. So I, I really, if I'm honest with you, if I'm completely brutally honest, I cannot see one single youth player that I'm looking at right now that I think that could be anywhere near the team, even in like a backup capacity even mm. as a backup capacity. So that's I don't know that whether that generation that's... have already moved on, moved out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know whether that says that the youth team's not great this, at the moment, 
with quality in the areas that we need them or Arsenal's level, the first team level, has propelled us to to the next level, which I think is probably it, it more correct. It says that answer. Arsenal's first team level have gone up. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. That's uh, just uh, just wanted to clarify. But yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, what an incredible season, Howard! Absolute fantastic season. It's it's probably it's for me. I said I've, I've been saying I said it. We, me and Danny, we do all the post games, um, and I've been saying it all season. It's a pleasure to watch football. It was a pleasure to watch football last season. It was enjoyable. It wasn't monotonous. It was. It was you. You took it in, and you 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 came away from it, and enjoyed the rest of your weekend. There was no moments from fever pitch where, the, you know, a bad game can ruin your week, and you just you're down in the dumps, and it doesn't feel like there's going to be anywhere any way out, and you're kind of out of breath from just feeling so just down and trodden from watching, from watching Arsenal. And you know, I, I said many years ago that I wasn't going to allow Arsenal and football to to grab me as 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 hard as it done emotionally because there was moments where. I would allow, uh, a, you know, a bad fixture uh, uh, for Arsenal to to really take over how I felt for that day or even for the next few days. It took sure. me; it was like a hangover from bad games. But this se- last season, it was it was a pleasure. It was, it, and I said throughout every single post game, I said, enjoy the football right now that we're playing. Enjoy the moment. Live in the moment because everybody says, you know, the good old days. You know, you want to be remembered. You would love to be told about the good old days before the good old days finish. So mm. I was constantly reminding people, listen, we're in, we're playing fantastic football right now. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Um, but Howard, what did you make of it? So as a whole then, what did you, great season, great summer coming up? Yeah, just um, a joy to watch. The players enjoyed their football. We played tight football. We played football that's cutting edge. Where we were, we were making things happen on the pitch, tactically sharp, strategically sharp. The team believed they could win it. We came close to winning it, and with some clever transfers this summer, we do have a chance of winning it next season. It's not just the, the puncher's chance, boxing analogy. Uh, whilst I'm convinced Man City are in a league of their own, we have a, we have a chance that goes beyond just taking a punt. And we just keep going forward. Danny, final moments. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. What was the question? Final moments? No, just like for your final thoughts of the season yeah. and everything in between. Just so if you've got any final thoughts. for the, Hold for on. The... It's in there. Yeah. Make the most of this because you don't know how long it's going to last. We've waited yeah. Yeah. a decade yeah. to get to where we are now. Yeah. So uh, breathe it in. Hold it, Take and exhale it slowly. Yeah, because, like you're tasting uh, a wine, like your wine tasting. Smell it, give it a good smell. There are there are devious things afoot when it comes to football, as we've seen by by the um, Saudi Arabian companies investing in Chelsea. Chelsea then letting all their players go to Saudi Arabia, uh, massive uh, wages and massive deals, and. Uh, yeah, it looks like they're um, the cheating is going on, and the cheating's going to get away with it. Man City have been doing it for years. Chelsea are now going blatantly doing it, and Newcastle will probably look at that and go, "Well, we can do this as well." And then you, you might start to see the decline of, of Premier League football because at the moment it is further apart from all the other leagues than any other league has been further from other leagues in in history. It, the Italian leagues used to be way ahead of everybody. And I think probably now the Premier League has 
has beaten the gap that they had above everybody because the, the, the sheer amount of money that Premier League teams have got, they'll just go, we'll have him, him, him. We'll have the best players from Italy. We might not even use them. And it's just, it's sad to see where football can go. And so before it all implodes, just just, uh, just Enjoy give it. a little hug and tell it you love it. <laughs> Two final things then I want to mention, because there's one thing we didn't discuss, which I've just remembered. One, But one player we didn't discuss, quite a significant player, the most expensive player up until this moment Arsenal have signed, is going to be rejoining the Arsenal team. There's no suitors for his name. Where the hell is he going? His shirt number's gone to Trossard. Nicola, Nicolas Pepe. What's going to happen to the man himself? The most expensive Arsenal player in history. Where is he going to go? Him. Isn't that amazing? He, he, I can't believe it. man. The thing is, he didn't even perform well on his loan. Where was he on loan? Leon? No, Lille. Lille. Nice. Nice. I don't even know where he was. I don't know. I think it was I have no idea. Nobody knows. Nobody knows where he was on loan. What's going to happen to to the man himself? Graham Souness, who, as a pundit, has a lot of time for Arsenal. Um, And respects for him for swimming the channel for charity, by the way. Graham Souness said of Pepe, there's a player in there somewhere. And he's quite right. Moments of brilliance. Great anything dead, dead anything dead ball. Yeah, dead ball. Great that's kind of it. Situations and yep. some inspired little moves in the final third. But try getting any level of consistency out of him, and we saw none. No chance. No chance. I'm just very intrigued to see what happens to him. He's on big wages. He's he's a big you know he's a big big name in uh, in European football. But he's got nobody interested. I've not heard any interest. I've not even heard his name being mentioned at the moment. Saudi. The only yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I don't know what's going to happen to him. But yeah, I found it quite interesting that none of us mentioned Nicholas Pepe with all the names that are leaving the club. Oh, couldn't couldn't re- to me. We've even got Marquinhos as well. Marquinhos as well, who was on loan at Norwich oh. and didn't really do much apart from the fact that they kept on saying how smiley he is. He's a very smiley guy. Uh, uh, I don't think we're going to sell another him. Loan. I think another it's loan. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, another- yeah, they've got to have a look at him and have a loan. Yeah. Another loan. Another loan. One, one thing before we go then, Howard, I just wanted to ask, it's not every day you get to go to the final game of the season at the Emirates and you got to experience that this season. I'm sure this isn't the first time. You got to experience the final game of the season with the little walk around on the pitch and everything like that? Yeah, I'm lucky enough to have been to many last games of the season. Nice. Um, we just wanted to ask, I just wanted to ask what it's like because it's, it's not like it, a lot of people, if not the majority of people, don't get to experience it um, in its, you know, its, as a whole. So apart from what you see on TV and the clips on Twitter, what is it like? What's the experience like? What what do you go through and what, what's that like? Just quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it depends on how you've done in the season. Of course, of course, relative. Depends whether it's a celebration of winning something, doing yep. well or a poor season. Yep. But a, a few thoughts. Um, yeah. Now, firstly, it's usually reasonably warm yep which is nice there's something special about north london in the sun another thing is that this year we had a massive group of people on the pitch who were the first team players the ladies first team players their families a lot of the coaching staff and ground staff walking around together taking applause they had a massive you know Stuart, the club photographer did an official photo he got got up on uh, some steps 
that to me, I've not seen that before. I'm not saying it's never happened, but I can't remember it to that extent. And I've got a phrase here, Arteta unity. You know, we, we, we suffered through years of Wenger out. Let's not open that suitcase there, but years of Wenger out. We had 18 months of what I call Emery distance. Nice guy, a, a successful guy who's shown he's a good manager, but he just he didn't connect with the club. He's done really well at Villa, Arteta, really well at Villa. Unity. We've got unity, and that is unity of players, staff, fans, and club. And something that it was, if you like, rubber stamped by it's this song, North London Forever, it's properly called The Angel by Lewis yep. Dunford. Uh, he's Linda Robson's one of Linda Robson's kids. I didn't know that. I just realized yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, she's in the video. She's in the video, the official That's video. That's right. Now, that song obviously is about the area, it's the area the club is in. Yep. The club is surrounded by lots of different areas, but I think there's something very, very important here. And I could talk for hours, but I'm going to try and keep it tight. When the club moved stadium in 2006, we saw on a greater extent than we've ever had football tourists. You saw coaches pull up, 70 Japanese people get off, buy their merchandise, go to a game, go. You know, yep. What is their connection with the club? And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, because if we've been abroad, we've probably toured different stadiums and been to games. I do it all the time, yeah. Right, yeah, right. It. They're not knocking it for what it is. But what I'm saying is the community around the ground where you've got generations of fans yep. who are not just fans. These are people who've known the players. They're people mm. whose cousins are the players. They're people whose cousins work for the club, whether it's just selling tickets in the shop, a steward, selling food. Real generational connections, identity, yep. giving the club its identity. It's coming from that character of North London. Hard yep. but fair was the old Bertie Me way. And that, that is us. And I think that song, the way it's sung at a ground, I was very sceptical at first. Well, it's a little bit maudlin, maybe. But when I heard yeah. it sung at the ground in that way, it fits. It's a post-game song or it's a song in the last minutes of a game when you're winning and it fits and it's emotional and it sums yep. up the journey we've been through and hopefully yep. are going to carry on and be very successful. Yeah. So it's, it's a fantastic song. I'm a big fan of the song, Danny. I don't know about you. I'm oh, a big I fan of the... Uh, nonsense. <laughs> it works. But it's yeah, rubbish. sure, sure. I know I really... Might I really get like some Coldplay it. on the go and I love those as well. I like, I like a little bit of Coldplay. I like a little Good. bit of Coldplay. But, yeah, uh, but Howard, what's the, what's the... What? Get some Phil Collins. I love that as well. I'm all for, I'm all right for that. For, not right totally for football, up for that. I don't care. Play whatever. Um, Howard, so what's it like being at the final game of the season then with all the, the players walking around the pitch uh, and, you know, the, the families are all on there and stuff it's, like that? Because a, a, lot of the t- a lot of the time, um, you know, our ITKs on Twitter and fans in general will always kind of get a guess, a jest of who's going to be leaving the club. Like Jaco had a few moments where he was on his own, you know, and he let put his family aside and was like speaking, you know, waving to the fans separately. But what's it like being there and living in that moment? What's it like? Yeah, I, I'm going to make, uh, there's a conundrum out there. Right. Right? We live in a world of social media where most players have got their own channel. The yep. club puts out tons of footage, interviews, photos. Yep. We had an Amazon documentary series. 
I think but, that unified uh, the fans and the club right? and everything let's in between not, really well. Let's not forget that as well. I mean, how mad is that? Yeah, you've got lots of books about Arsenal, but an Amazon documentary with a film in the dressing room and all that. It was How mad awesome. is that? Um, I love you know, it. Before the season. Yes. Yeah. For all of those interactions, whatever you want to call it, it's all, if you like, virtual closeness. It's online. The it's what, what we don't have these days is where players and fans go drinking together in certain pubs around the ground, in yep. Southgate and that. Now, when you get that last game of the season... When they're doing that lap of honour, when they're on the pitch, there's a recognition to me, and I'm being a little bit rose-tinted, but there is a recognition. Love it. Human beings. Yep. Right? All this anger you get online, and sometimes at the ground, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. These are human beings. They can have a bad day at the office. Do you know what I mean? And when you are walking round the pitch as a player and you're looking at fans and you're waving and you're clapping and the fans are doing the same. You're making eye contact. It's a recognition that, you know what, maybe a player just remembers that a certain fan always sits in the same place. There's that guy who wears the black T-shirt. There's that guy with a certain hat. There's that woman who's got a certain scarf. There's that fan, you know, late Maria, who would, I'm sure all the players, they couldn't have, no one could avoid her. Yeah. Right? So there's that recognition that yep. there are certain things in certain sections of the stadium and we're getting back to that is what we lost from Ivory. So it is emotional. And you ask, just to sum it up about players leaving. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You look for their reactions. You look for how they're interacting yep. with their family and the fans. Mm-hmm. Who who can forget 2006 at Highbury, yep. the last ever game, we had awesome. Perez and Cole sat there after the game. Looked around, you just knew, you knew they were off. One more year, we were chanting. Yeah, but you knew they were off, and you had that feeling about Xhaka this time. Yep, you I had thought that so. Feeling. Yeah, and um, KT as well, Tierney. You had that feeling from the way they were slightly. They had a kind of like a deep breath, as if that was my Arsenal time. Mm. Yeah, and I, I thought soak so. It in one more time, almost yep. as a fan of myself, that was my time here. And it's sad, but it's also new beginnings. Yeah, I thought that as much. Yeah. I thought I thought as much. But uh, what a fantastic experience, uh, nonetheless, um, Howard, to be uh, to be at the at the final game of the season in the season that we had as well. I think it's an extra special one. And now that we've got the summer transfer window ahead, probably one of the most eagerly anticipated summer transfer windows an Arsenal fan is going to experience for a while. So I will say again. We've had a great season. Enjoy, we, you know, I said constantly enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. But I tell you what, enjoy this summer as well. This is going to be such a good summer. I'm really excited about it. Really let's excited. Enjoy the summer. Let's yep. let's be really happy that we've got a couple of tournaments to watch. If you're missing your football, we've got the under-21s. Let's keep an eye on Emil. He's in that. We've got the women's yep. tournament, of course, down under. So it's exciting. And I want to just bring in one thing before we wrap. Yep. If, if, if you've got a little bit of time on your hands, because we haven't got all the regular football, and there's a book you want to read. There's one book. It's called The End by Tom Watt. He played Lofty yeah, and EastEnders. The End. And if you are a fan who hasn't read that Arsenal book, I beg you to read it. Because what that book is, that is the book about the North Bank. And it's bite-sized. It's just quotes from current players, ex-players, famous fans, regular fans. 
right? And if you want to understand how much we've missed that connection and how much it's coming back, read that book. What an, it's an emotional read. And that, that's my little bit of, um, that's my heads up. Love it. I love that. Danny, any final thoughts? Well, if we're talking about um, books, go and find anything by Andy Kelly and uh, oh, Mark Andrews, is it? Yeah, I think that's it. Or maybe swap their surnames around. Either way, we've had them on the pod a few times. They do proper Arsenal history. Not, not there's a there's a book that a West Ham fan wrote about Arsenal and got so much of the history wrong. They've done two, three, four books. Uh, Darren Berry has done really good books. Our very own Jock Dan Betts, he's done books. There's so many people out there that have done really good Arsenal books. But yeah, in the summer there's no football. Go and buy an Arsenal history book, and then if you want to tweet me at the underscore GFB, and then I will tell you the books. In fact, I'll include the blokes in the tweets because uh, their history books are fantastic. Yeah, learn learn a little bit about our history because we have got one of the greatest histories of any club, and we haven't bought it, according, unlike what some Spurs fans say, because they don't know anything. No, they're fucked. I'm, it's so beautiful to watch how fucked they are. No European football, massively in debt, need it, you know, in, in need of a massive rebuild. Kane is just they're just gonna keep him there and shackled in chains. <laughs> Not winning anything. The only thing he wants to go for now is is the, the leading goal scorer of the Premier League. That's the only thing Not he's a trophy, really Harry. It's yeah! not a fucking trophy. So it is what it is. But there we go. Fantastic. Howard, thanks so much for popping on and oh, giving guys, us your, you. your two pence. It's super appreciated. Thanks for having me on. It's it's, it's been great. Uh you know, just excited to be on here. Talking Arsenal, which is what I spend a lot of time doing anyway. Yeah, yeah that's why I thought it'd be a good idea bringing you on. You know, especially for the Spence Crawford fight at the end of July, it's the last last weekend in July. Please do, because that is the biggest boxing fight in the last the last decade. It's that big, it's that important, it's gonna be that that it, it's like watching uh if you can imagine two of the greatest football teams they've ever been. If you can imagine the current man city team. Yep. playing our Invincibles team. Oh, right? okay. So pretty big team. then. That is wow. what the analogy is for that boxing fight. And both okay. have never lost. Imagine they're in a season. They're, huh? they're in the last game of the season. They've both the not lost in, in, in the whole season. And that's wow. the last game. That's that's what we're looking at in that fight. So okay. really up pretty that. Pretty big stuff. Well, yeah, if you're interested in boxing, um, head over to boxingpredict.com. I'm sure, uh, I've seen Howard's videos. He's very precise, very articulate. Go and check his stuff out. I've known Howard for years, and it was an honour to bring him onto the podcast uh, with with Danny. And we can we have a ramble about the Arsenal constantly. I'm always telling uh, Howard to, you know, maybe delay the messages by about a minute because I'm always watching the stream, and he's always either watching it live at the ground or uh, or watching it live on telly. And I, you know, some people don't have the uh, BT Sport, but there we are. Uh, that was, uh, that was an Arsenal podcast, a Burkamp Wonderland, a, a look back at 2022-23 season and a look forward to probably the best transfer window uh, of an Arsenal fan that I can remember in a very, very long time. I can't wait for it. And a season that's going to be absolutely fantastic. So, as I say, enjoy the moments because this is a great time to be an Arsenal fan. Just enjoy it, embrace it and uh, up the Arsenal, eh, Danny? Up the Arsenal. Yes, indeed. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs>
So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at Ig, so when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately, and get the brown sauce on them, and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>